0: Two, one, let's go. Welcome to the Fiction Addiction Podcast. A podcast where we go one-on-one with fiction creators, such as authors, filmmakers, actors, songwriters, and more. Each episode, we get the inside scoop on our guests' creative process, the ups and downs of their industries, and our guests also give out tips and tricks that help them become successful. And now... Let's
1: jump into the episode with your host, Chris C.L. Lowry. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Fiction Addiction Podcast. My next guest is a New Jersey-based motivational speaker, entrepreneur, educator, and author of three Amazon best-selling books, which are Mommy Works Too Much, The Bounce Back Mindset, How to Bounce Back When Life Has Screws You, and Get Published how I became an Amazon bestselling author. Her first children's book, Mommy Works Too Much, was the number one new release on Amazon and the winner of the Parents' Choice Award. My guest has also served as the founding partner of an educational service firm that serves both domestic and international students. Currently, she proudly serves as an alternative high school administrator and real estate investor. She is the mother of three, a firm back of the pack half marathoner and perpetually beginning triathlete. She has also been featured on ehowted.com, Clever Investor in Huffington Post. Ladies and gentlemen, Tiffany Stallings, what is going on?
2: Hello, hello, hello.
1: Boy, oh, my gosh. Where do we start? <laughs> 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 um. We go, we go, I'm going to do this a little different. So back of the pack, half marathoning. Yes. <laughs> yes. What's going What's up with that?
2: So uh, several years ago, um, I wanted to get in shape. And so I um, came across a running group called Black Girls Run. And it was a group founded by uh, two young ladies, uh that they wanted to encourage more African-American women to get into the field of long distance running. Mm. And um, I started with just walking because the thought of running like a half marathon or a marathon sounded impossible. Oh, yeah. uh, but <laughs> but I, I started falling in love with, uh, you know, once I was able to conquer one mile, then I was able to conquer 3.1 and then eventually I made my way up to half marathons and two full marathons. Wow.
1: And so so what, what's the, what's the, what's the mileage on the half marathon?
2: So the half marathon is 13.1. And Ooh. so I call, I call myself the firm back of the pack because, you know, I will never win, <laughs> you know, i will never come in like the top, you know, 10, but I finish. And so, you know, that, that's hey, you my out goal. there?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: So, so, um, what was it, um, about, uh, that, that journey, that challenge of, like you said, starting out with, the uh, with that group, um, that, that the women started to actually doing the half marathons and then to actually do a marathon, what was it that kept you into that, um, kept you motivated to do that?
2: Um, I, I love to challenge myself. So that was, that was the first thing, um, I I love accomplishing new things. And um, I I became so engrossed into the organization. I actually became the uh, New Jersey ambassador for Black Girls Run. And, um, you know, it was just my goal to motivate women that sounded just like me that said, oh, I could never run long distance. And so, um, you know, so that's how that happened. Um, Just, you know, I thought myself being successful at the uh, smaller races and just worked my way up.
1: Mm. So triathlete—that's <laughs> a whole different. That's another. That's another. Uh, so we got yeah. you to that.
2: <laughs> so uh, these these group of women that um I um encountered in this group um you know a bunch of type A successful uh women and um you know there was one of them that was like hey we we should try to triathlon and I mean I probably had not swam uh in. Years beyond splashing around, you know, at the uh, pool. Um, right. But you know, again, it was another challenge, and um, I just w- I wanted to see if I could do it, and so um, I did my first open water swim uh, in Long Branch, New Jersey.
1: Mm. How was it?
2: <laughs> um, frightening because uh, <laughs> I had been practicing uh, in a, in my gym uh, in, in their pool. But the open water triathlon, you know, is in the ocean, in the Atlantic Ocean, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so you know you're fighting waves. But like just the adrenaline and just the energy from the crowd, it, it keeps you going. So I mean, it was absolutely exciting.
1: So what what's the feeling like once you're once you're done, once you accomplish it? You say, "Hey, I actually did this for both the marathons and the triathlon."
2: Uh, The feeling. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, So you know, when you're crossing the finish line, it is uh, I mean, it's such a high, um, you know, I've never been high on drugs. You know, like, <laughs> but it, it, I mean, it's so addicting. Like when you, like the crowd is cheering you on, like when you finish any race, there's like this straightway, And then, you know, there's spectators on both sides and you just feel like a rock star <laughs> and, you know, they're like oh, cheering wow. and, you know, it's the last final few feet of the race. And, um, you know, you, you speed up, your heart is racing and it's, it, it's just the adrenaline is just such a rush. Um, you know, and it's something that, you know, I absolutely fell in love with.
1: Mm. That's amazing. What's the next, uh, are you doing the marathon this year?
2: No. So unfortunately, um, I hurt my back <laughs> a couple years ago. And so right now I'm slow, I'm working my way back. I'm very slowly working my way back. Hmm. I was just
1: about to ask you that about injuries. Cause I know some of these, um, especially with the with the preparation for like the marathons and half marathons is like a lot of injuries can be involved with that. And I know some people when they're into these um, activities, injuries could be like devastating, you know what I mean? So how were yeah. you coping with uh, the, the injury, the back injury?
2: Um, You know, it's, it's, it's been rough. Um, I, cause I actually had a, a back surgery uh, last year. Um, and so the comeback has been really slow and uh painfully slow. Um, mm. But you know, it's just a matter of you know going slow, taking your time, listening to your body, and you know, not just not trying to rush things.
1: Right. I think that's the most important thing. You know what I mean? Yes. Get back out there. You don't know, last thing you want to do is re like aggravate an injury, especially something serious like a back. Right. So. Also a high school administrator. Yes. How's yeah. that in today's society?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I don't work uh, at a traditional school. Uh, it's actually an adult high school re-entry program. So the hmm. program I run, it's for uh, individuals that have uh, dropped out of high school and uh, want to come back and complete their high school diploma. Oh, so how how is that? Uh, it's very different because um, I used to be an administrator at uh, a traditional K through eight and a regular high school. And so it's it's very different, but it, it's been so fulfilling and so rewarding uh, to. In fact, last year, our class valedictorian was a woman that had just turned 70 years old, um, oh, wow! had the highest GPA of the class, um, had children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, um, wow. She was on the student council <laughs> like she <laughs> but I mean this woman was amazing and and there's just so many stories like that where uh you know they gave up school to work or have children and I mean it just so many tales that kept me motivated to come in every day to do the work that we mm. were doing.
1: Now now how now how is that knowing those stories cuz these are untold stories. Then people don't know like too much about the stories about adults going back to get their education because of certain circumstances. So how is that knowing these unique stories and seeing these resilient people come back and accomplish this goal?
2: Um, it's you're you're absolutely right. You know, people don't, um, know the stories and I often uh, get questioned like, you know, why are you at an adult high school? Why don't you go to a quote unquote real school? um, but you know these these people, you know, they're these students, their their mothers, their fathers, their grandparents. They're raising the next generation of children, and so it only behooves us to make sure they're educated and you know they're able to move on to the next step, um, and encourage and motivate you know the next generation.
1: Now, is it is it is it um, difficult at, at that like being an adult? Cause I can imagine like the like. <laughs> It's 70. <laughs> Don't try and do like algebra. <laughs> so, like <that. laughs> um,
2: it, yes, it, it, it is difficult because you have you have people coming in like the 70 year old. And and there were other people close to her age. They haven't been they've been out of school longer than like I've been alive. Like they've been out of school 45 years. And mm. um, so some of them had never they've never had to use a computer to turn in assignments mm. you know in right. fact al- algebra they hadn't even seen it <laughs> you know uh some oh, of them yeah had- i can't remember that, yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so um you know just getting them used to technology and um some of them they were starting from scratch like some of them had dropped out in like 6th 7th 8th grade i mean because they were they had to work and um just you know, there's so many stories of resilience, but, um, you know, it, it definitely is, uh, you know, it's a challenging position, um, especially keeping adults motivated because they don't have right. to be there. You know, there's no one. Oh, true. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, keeping them motivated to want to come and, you know, just uh, make it to the end.
1: Mm. So you're also a real estate investor.
2: Uh, yes, that's something that I got into, uh, very recently. Yes.
1: So what, what got you into that? Besides the obvious <laughs> that real estate is, you a... <laughs> it can't go wrong in real estate.
2: <laughs> uh, well, you know, as an, as an educator, um, I mean, if you ask any educator, uh, you know, do they have a side hustle? Do they have a second job? Um, Probably 99% of them will tell you yes. And Mm. um, so I was looking for, um, you know, another side hustle and I was looking to actually become a realist realtor. Um, So while doing the research for that, I actually stumbled upon um you know the other side of real estate which was investing and um you know did a lot of research went to YouTube university uh attended you know workshops and um you know just just fell in love with the aspect that aspect of real estate.
1: Mm. So you also a founding partner of a, a educational service firm.
2: So, so that like, I'm like what what don't you do? <laughs> No, so so that is an interesting part of uh, my story um so um i I no longer do that that was a company i started approximately uh about 16 years ago um with a a former college uh roommate and uh she was in education i was uh, obviously in education and we decided to start this organization uh, where we would service students, uh, like after school, doing tutoring, doing enrichment and summer camps. And then eventually, uh, we started servicing, uh, international clients, like students that would come from other countries and, uh, mainly Asia and come here and they would want to learn about our school system and how we, how our students learned. And so I did that for, uh, several years. Um, but mm-hmm. eventually the business, uh, tanked. Uh, fell apart, and you know that's the start of the next chapter of my life.
1: Now, now, how long ago was was, was did that tank?
2: Um,
1: how many how many years ago?
2: So that was about two thousand thirteen. So goodness, about that's seven years. Ago. Yes.
1: Now, as as because obviously you're a hustler, you out here doing everything. So, <laughs> so um. How, how what was like, how did you stay focused? How did you stay on, on 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 course once you had a business that failed to keep saying, hey, let me keep trying to do this? Because you could have obviously just stayed as an educator, been satisfied with that position and your right. role as an educator and just cruise through life. So what was it that said, you know what, let me try some more business ventures after that one um, obviously went down?
2: Well, I mean, I, I can tell you, um, I dived into entrepreneurship uh, when I was a classroom teacher. And, you know, when you're a teacher and, you know, you have a pretty good reputation, people are always reaching out to you for tutoring or extra help. And Mm -hmm. the first first time I was able to make fifty dollars like on my own um, outside of, uh, you know, my school paycheck, like it was like a light bulb. Like, hey, I can make money that nobody told me that, you know, they didn't tell me how much I could make. I decided what I was going to make. And Uh, You know, that was just something like I I always wanted to do. Um, So, again, you know, we started the business um, and then that, you know, that fell apart. And I did give up on entrepreneurship. I said, you know, Mm. the heck with this. Um, You know, I should just be safe, have a nice, safe (laughs) paycheck. Uh, Let me just work in a school. But like there was just something. Inside of me, like I love the work, I love being an educator, but there's just something inside of me that's like, "Hey, don't forget about me!" You know, you you're an mm-hmm. entrepreneur, and that's what kept me going and kept me focused to you know keep trying and keep pursuing the next the next thing.
1: And I think that's amazing. I think uh, that's definitely amazing because your story shows the ups and downs, the struggles, and the success that I, I like to call it. So entrepreneurship, so. Everybody, when it comes to entrepreneurship, I'm pretty sure everybody can look at your your story now and be like, "Oh my gosh, she's done this and done that," but they don't see the the blood, sweat, and tears um, behind the scenes, unless uh, obviously they listen to your, um, your your TED talk and you talked about uh, a little bit about the certain situations you went through. Um, right. So break down for those inspiring those young, rather young, no matter what age it is. Uh, uh, aspiring entrepreneurs just break down like the ups and downs that they go through on their journey
2: um well I-, I can say you know if you look at social media um you would think that entrepreneurship is you know bright shiny pictures on instagram um uh, you know vacations and you know uh you know just living a life of of luxury but um you know the the challenge is again staying focused because there there's going to be downtimes, there's going to be losses, and you know if you give up at the very first sign of um, of failure, you know you're you're not going to be successful. So, you know it's just a matter of staying focused and remembering your why. Why do you want to become an entrepreneur? And if your why is because I want to make money, you're never going to make it. Like you have to have mm. um, you know a core value. Like you you want to you know, service of a, a certain population, um, you know, for your family, for generational wealth, um, you know, you have to have a why and and that is what's going to keep you going when, when things get tough and, you know, it looks like you're not going to make it.
1: Hmm. And he said, you said, you said something very important and that's knowing your why. And obviously we'll jump into you being an author now and, You see it, I see it, everyone sees it. You get a bunch of people who jump into this industry as being a writer, being an author, and just because they think they're gonna make money. So why is that important to writers to know their why? Because we see people come in and out. It's like a revolving door of this industry of of people who become writers, come out with one book, maybe two, and then they're gone. You know what I mean? Because they had... uh, they had expectations that, 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 that couldn't be met, you know what I mean? Because they were focused on the wrong thing. So, so focus, uh, touch on knowing the why you're doing it, um, in terms of being an author.
2: Okay. So, you know, there's, you know, again, the, the presumption that, you know, if you write a book, you're going to make millions, you're going to be on the speaking circuit. Um, but (laughs) you know, Uh, You know, I I get lots and lots of questions um, about writing a book and, you know, how did you do it? And I I had no intention of, you know, being famous or, you know, I didn't think anyone was going to buy my book besides my little circle of, you know, mom and friends and cousins. Um, I wrote my book, you know, for me. um, But I also wrote it because uh, especially my first book, um, The Bounce Back Mindset. But when I was going through, you know, my um, turmoil, I remember searching uh, for some answers and like just trying to make sense of what I was going through. Because I, you know, like I would look up articles, look on, look at YouTube videos. Like I was just trying to find something to help me make sense of like why my life was falling apart when I thought I had done everything right. And so. Mm. My book was um, the response for, of me looking for some answers. And so, like, my hope was my book would help someone else that was going through the same thing. And, and I would have women, you know, that I didn't know reach out to me like, you know, hey, I, I had the courage to leave this terrible marriage. Or I had I had the courage to, you know, move on and, you know, try another thing because I, I heard your story. I read your story. And so, you know, that was my why for writing that particular book. You know, again, it wasn't, you know, definitely not trying to get rich. um, You know, definitely, you know, I had no ulterior motives besides, you know, I just wanted to help um, other women that were in the same boat as me.
1: Mm. All right. So before we jump into the book, let's jump into your actual writing journey. So when when did you actually start writing Um, How early on?
2: Uh, so <laughs> my so the children's book is called um, "Mommy Works Too Much," and um you know previously I did mention I was an entrepreneur and um I used to work very 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 long hours. Um at first yeah. you know I was I was working full time and then running the business and then eventually just running the business and I and my children were young and uh, one night. Uh, My oldest daughter, she she had learned how to email and she sent an email uh, really late, like, you know, when are you coming home? You're always working. You work too much. And I have Mm. no idea why I jotted down. You work too much. (laughs) Like I felt guilty. (laughs) Um, And that was that was the start of my first children's book. Mommy works too much. Um,
1: That's what was crazy.
2: So that, that's how that started. And so a few years after that, uh, you know, definitely after the business tanked, I had um, went back to trying to find my place back into the, you know, nine to five world again. And um, I just sat down one day and uh, I wrote the title, Mommy Works Too Much. But it was a five year journey from me writing down that title to the time I actually published. Um Wow. <laughs> Because I first, I couldn't figure out how to self-publish. Like, I thought it was this long, tedious process. I thought it was something that was going to be expensive. I thought that I had to find, like, a literary agent and be connected to a publishing house. Like, I I had no clue. And so it was just a matter of trial and error and research and, uh, you know, finally figuring out that, um, you know, I could do it myself.
1: Hmm. So once you break down that, that as a, as a, as a, as a parent, as a mother, how was that receiving that email? Because obviously you were doing everything you were doing were for your children. You know what I mean? Right. So how, how was, how was that at that moment receiving that email?
2: Um, I, It was crushing <laughs> because in my mind at the time I thought that I was, you know, doing it like, hey, I'm a super mom. You know, at the time, yeah, you know, I'm, um, you know, I'm a wife. I'm a business owner. Like, I'm, you know, I'm just killing it out here. And she burst that bubble, <laughs> like, uh,
0: <laughs>
2: you know, when are you getting? You know, when are you getting back here? <laughs> when are you coming back home? Uh, and so, and and I'll readily admit, um, I was not adept. I wasn't as good as uh, at juggling everything as I, I thought I was.
1: Mm. that's crazy um so do you think she obviously is going to be somewhat of a validation but do you think she was a hundred percent validated in the way she felt do you feel you know what i mean
2: um well yes she she because you know there were times where you know at the time you know my ex-husband would you know feed them dinner put them in the bed and i wasn't i wasn't there um, but I felt okay because I'm like, okay well, I'm the one getting you up in the morning. I take you to school every day. I volunteer at your school. So you know, I thought that you know I had a good balance, but you know
0: right.
2: uh, you know, kids they don't care about who's doing what. They just know that you know, mommy wasn't there <laughs> <laughs> to tuck me in at night. so
1: right. <laughs> so you, you mentioned the word balance. how how is that well, compared from then to now, um, in terms of your growth, obviously as a, as an entrepreneur, as a mother, um, what's the balance like now compared to then?
2: Um, I, I, mean, I have definitely, uh, learned my lesson. Um, you know, the most important thing is definitely family. Um, you know, that client, that project, You know, whatever it is, it can wait. Um, You know, family comes first because the children, you know, they're young. They grow so quickly. Uh, The little girl that sent me that email just turned 16 this past Sunday. (laughs) She's a full fledged, you know, young lady now. Um, You know, it just goes so fast. And so... You know, spending time in that office, um, you know, working on projects, you know, n- you know, nothing should come before the family. And then also mm. se- self-care. I-, I didn't take care of myself. Um, you know, there were days I slept in my office because I would be there like 20 hours writing and working and I just wow. wouldn't leave, which is insane now that I look back at it. Um, But, you know, now definitely balance is, is absolutely key.
1: Why do you think it's so it's so different now? I would think society has a lot to play, like as much as we evolved as a society. Because back in the day that was normal like when you talk about a hustler, you talked about people that worked, you know what I mean? It was right. it was hashtag team no sleep for the longest. And that was right. like, oh no, you better get to sleep because that's part of uh your health. Um so why are you think it's so much so different now? Because we did grow up in that. That hustlers mentality, don't sleep, grind hard. You know what I mean. Make money, provide for your family. So, what's so different now where where self care comes into play so much?
2: Um, because I, I mean, I think we learn. In fact, I, I I was the biggest one with the hashtag team. No sleep. Oh, y'all sleep while I work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <Right. laughs> you know, I I was the main one, but um, I you know, I brought my health um you know I was you know mid 30s late 30s and um um I was actually you know diagnosed with the autoimmune disease because mm. I wasn't taking care of myself um in fact like a few weeks before my first marathon is when I was initially diagnosed because I'm training for a marathon I'm working 10 15 hour days um not eating properly and you know I just was not treating myself like, like I was supposed to. And so I think, you know, you know, this, I, have a lot of burnout and I think, you know, we we've learned our lesson. Like that's not it. So we, we team sleep now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Let me get a whole eight. Let me get a whole eight hours. (laughs) Don't
2: don't play with my sleep. Don't play with my sleep now. (laughs) So
1: So what was the goal? Um, Cause you mentioned a little bit of terms of like looking for a literary agent, like not knowing the journey of self-publishing. Was that always the goal or did you think about doing the traditional publishing route?
2: Well, I, I just didn't know. Um, I, I didn't know any self-published authors like locally. Um, I knew someone that was an author, but like she, you know, she's a um, New York times bestselling author, but you know, I didn't know anyone that had done it on their own. Um, and, and when I would do the research, it just it just sounded so daunting, like, um, you know, formatting a book and publishing. Um, um, and so, you know, I didn't I didn't know what route to take. And so I thought that traditional publishing was the only path uh, until, you know, I was finally able to figure out how to self-publish.
1: Mm-hmm. So you, your self-publishing journey. Um Obviously, but the so first book was the bounce back mindset. Yes. So how was that self publishing journey? Because I know it as much as it is always. I, I would say you always learn something about self publishing. Yeah, <laughs> I would say yeah. every day is something new. It's like oh, I should have did that. Oh, I wish I would have known that. <laughs> so how was it when you originally self published your first book?
2: Oh, I mean, well, first the book sat on my laptop um, <laughs> forever um because <laughs> and i remember like reaching out to a graphic designer and they wanted like a you know a couple thousand and i'm like okay um mm. i'm in the middle of a divorce here uh, <laughs> you know i got three kids like that's not in the budget for our right. side hustle <laughs> um yeah you
1: ain't getting that <laughs> uh,
2: no <laughs> so um yeah. So, it was a, so, you know, then I remember feeling discouraged, like, oh, you know, maybe it's not meant to happen. Um, but, you know, again, just just through my research, um, you know, I found, you know, freelancers that would, you know, do the work for a quarter of the price, um, but also re- reminding people you get what you pay for. So. um mm. And I know I, I knew I always wanted my book to be able to, you know, be in bookstores. You know, once I was able to publish, I'm like, OK, I don't want a box of books just sitting in my basement. Like I want to be able to, you know, I want to have a book that's, that's marketable, that looks good. You know, it doesn't look homemade or like I pay two dollars for the cover. Um, mm. So, you know, so it's just a journey of, you know, making sure I release something that would sell.
1: And it's crazy you say that. It's like everything you say is just like one point. <laughs> it's crazy you <laughs> say that uh, creating a book that doesn't look, like you say homemade, um, because we see so many people. And I understand it. There's their budgets out there. People are working with what they got. But at the end of the day, we are entrepreneurs. We are a business. We are representing our business and our right. brand. So why was it important for you? To ensure that you had that professional look that you could you could st- t- stand stand toe to toe with traditionally published authors.
2: Um, you know it was important to me because you know prior to becoming um an, a self published author, you know I, w- I was a business owner, I was an entrepreneur, and you know I was in the business of you know marketing and selling my service, and so you know in my mind this is no different. Like I know I want something that. Um, you know, I will be able to sell something I will be proud to go out in the public and share and promote. And so that's why it was, you know, very important to me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the um the result of that is, you know, because of my books, uh that turned into uh speaking engagements and people inviting me to come and talk about my book and um, which is, you know, I didn't plan for that, but you know, it was a great um, you know, um result of that of having a professionally right, published looking book
1: now real quick um the aspiring author out there and they're, they're they're figuring their way out through this journey they're about to publish uh their first book self-publish their first book they're they're at the blueprint phase of, okay all right i want to do this i want to do that explain to them Um professionalism and and the importance of it right now in terms of their journey, like applying what you learn over the years to their journey and starting out?
2: Um, So, you know, the the first thing is writing a well-written book. Um, Definitely, you know, making sure you have a complete story, you know, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, Um, definitely make sure you get it edited by someone else. Um, now I, you know, I have spent time as an educator. You know, I was a college professor, but I still didn't trust myself to edit my own books, and so I, you know, I paid someone to do it. Like, um, you know, I know you're trying to stay under budget, but you know, there are just some things that uh, you shouldn't compromise on. Um, so, besides a well-written book uh, with a, a good message, you know, making sure you have a marketable cover. Um, and, you know, I, I don't mean to, you know, make fun of anyone or say, you know, something looks homemade, but, you know, you want something that will eventually, you know, be on on, on someone's bookshelf. In a library, uh, like I was able to put my book or in Barnes & Noble, where I was also able to put my book. So you want to be able to, you know, compare to all the other authors. And so just splurging as much as you can on you know a nice you know marketable um you know book cover making sure you have a well-written book and you know take it from there and then the sky's the limit Mm
1: -hmm. so the bounce back mindset (laughs) break break that down to the (laughs) listeners (laughs) because it said how to bounce back when life has screwed you and i think everybody you got to be you you fraud and if you did you haven't gone through a, a phase in life where you just felt like you're getting screwed over. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> explain the bounce back mindset. Cause I think we need this right now.
2: <laughs> so, um, you know, I'll, you know, I'll start, you know, when probably about 2012, um you couldn't tell me that like I did not win life's lottery. Um you know like I was married, I had three beautiful children. Um I had my own business, I was working it full time. Um I was, you know, I had gotten into running and you know, I just felt like, you know, I had everything that I had worked for. And mm-hmm. I want to say maybe, uh, it was a year and a half later. Um, my marriage fell apart. You know, I was dealing with infidelity. Um, you know, I had health issues. Um, like I had shoulder length hair that was literally falling out of my scalp. Um, you know, like I was, you know, pin impending a divorce, no job. (laughs) And it was to the point where I was suicidal um, because I could not see any way out of, you know, I couldn't feed my children. I couldn't take care of myself. I had to, you know, call and borrow money. And for someone like me, like that was the one of the most like degrading periods of my of my life, even though I had friends that were like, we will help you like just ask for help. But, you know, I was the kind of person I just, you know. I like to take care of, of myself, um, right? And so, you know, I, I felt life was over. I was embarrassed because, you know, of course, everyone knew, like, oh, Tiffany's this so called big entrepreneur. Um, you know, I had a car repossessed. I lost my house. Like, I want to say one by one, I felt like every component of my life, of who I thought I was as a person, was stripped away from me. Mm. Um, and so, um. You know, I was lost uh you know career wise personally and um you know again that that was the point where you know I started searching for some kind of answers like religious the bible uh you know self-help books like I was trying to find something to help me make sense anything. of any, <laughs> anything like god like help. what's going on here um but um I had a good friend and um she encouraged me. She was like, well, you need to talk to someone. And so that's one of the things I talk about in my book, you know, even though I was afraid and I was embarrassed and I didn't want to tell people what I was going through. Uh, the first thing I did was I, I, um, I started going to therapy and that was one of the first steps of the bounce back. Um, and so as far as writing the book, I just started journaling and writing and I was never a journal person at all. <laughs> like nowhere near I was never the type of you know girl that you know kept my diary with the key you know and uh, under my mattress <laughs> <laughs> that was never me at all but um I just started writing and uh those notes eventually um became the book and so I struggled with trying to come up with a title, but um. I remember someone said to me, like, "Oh, you're, you know, you look like you've bounced back." And like people, I remember people kept saying that, like, "Oh, you, you, you bounced back from all of that." And and so that's where that came from—the bounce back mind. Mm. How to bounce back when life has screwed you?
1: Now break down that cover real quick. This the cover is beautiful. <laughs>
0: no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank so you so
1: much. So break that, break down the symbolism behind the cover. And I guess explain the cover first to people. I'm like, what the hell are you talking
2: about? <laughs> so the, the cover, like red, I don't know. Like that is like one of my favorite colors. Like I probably wear, if people that know me and see, I wear red lipstick every day, <laughs> just about. Um, and red just to me just uh, represents, uh, I don't know, just power in my mind. Like I, and so mm-hmm. that's why I have the color red. And then, um, there's, there's a flower, uh, growing through, um, like the concrete. And like, to me that just symbolized, you know, like I was supposed to be dead. Um, because there was a point where I was, you know, I'm, I'm very, uh, regimented. Um, you know, when I say I'm going to do something, it gets done. And I started making plans on how to die. Um, Mm. how, how I was going to do it. And so, You know, I wasn't supposed to be here, but, you know, I'm here and, you know, I fought my way through. And so the flower coming through the concrete, you know, like how, how was that happening? You know, flowers need grass to grow. Um, And so that, that, that's um, why I um, decided on that book cover for, for my book. The flower coming Hmm. through the concrete.
1: Was it, were there any other concepts? Cause I, I love the, um. I love to hear people's, like, uh, their stories of, like, what they, they had in mind, different covers. Was that always the concept you knew you, you wanted, or was it a series of covers you went through just to, to find the right one?
2: Um. Yes. I. So, I had another cover with, like, a woman, like, walking in the rain. <laughs> like, it was, like, something to that effect. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was one, but that, it. I don't. Know, it just didn't feel genuine, in you know, and it didn't feel unique. Um, then I was thinking about like just like a black, just all black, um, with like a ray of sunshine. But I'm, I, I don't know. I didn't like that one either. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I had a lot of crazy ideas that didn't come to fruition.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, you definitely went with the right one because this one is. <laughs> this one's. It's very nice. So, Thank you so much. Getting to that point when you when you wrote uh the bounce back mindset. Obviously, these are situations that you wish on no one, you know what I mean? Because people yeah. don't understand the toll it takes on you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, even. You know what I mean? Right. Sometimes you even go to your religious beliefs and like why how the hell is this happening to me? Um right. Right. I think your your story is is is, is unique because Sometimes people struggle and the struggle gets worse. You know what I mean? Yes. But like you said, you had the life lottery. Like you had everything <laughs> going for you. And then obviously um, each circumstance. And then sometimes it's like a pile up. It's like, all right, what, what the hell is, can happen next? You know what I mean? Right. What, what what else is life going to throw at me? Right. So uh, being that that those situations were so personal, um, how were you able to put that pin to the pad and, and get to the point where you actually released it, not knowing obviously you're sharing your, your, your deepest moments, your most vulnerable moments as a, as a human being, you know what I mean? So how, right. how did you know you reached that point of being able to do that?
2: Um, that, that's a great question. Um, you're right. It's, the events in the book are you know very personal and, I, and I've had, uh, family members and friends Why would you share your personal business with the world? Like, why would you put that in a book? Um, You know, the point of me writing everything down is when I knew I was healed, when I felt that, you know, I could write it down and I could share it with someone um, with the hopes that I was helping someone else. Uh, You know, that's how I knew I was healed because, it you know, it took a lot it took a lot. You know, I didn't have to share it. I could have left these <laughs> notes, you know, in my nightstand. But um, mm-hmm. the journey that I had went through, I just felt compelled. Um, you know, I wanted I wanted to share it with other women. I wanted you know, other women to know that, um, you know, things will get better. Now, sometimes things get worse before they get better. But, you know, things get better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so.
1: So what do you also, um, I know a lot. I know a lot of credit goes to therapy. Um, I know a lot of people, especially now today. This was 2016. This book came out. So you were. Like. Everything you, you speak about in terms of getting through is are, are some of the things we're, we're speaking as a society about now in terms of mental health, in terms of uh, especially mental health in a black community um, yes. where we where we suffered for so long because obviously you as a woman, you had to be strong. You know what I mean? You're, you're right. a mother. You had to you had to figure a way to 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 get through it. You know right. what I mean? That's the things we told ourselves in our community. We had to do these things. We had to, we've had we been through so much as a people. There's nothing we can't make it through. You know what I mean? Even if it's not, even if if you're going beyond the spiritual, it's just like, even as a people, we've been through so much. You yeah. can get through that. So, like I said, I, I know therapy played a lot, but a lot of it was internal. You know what I mean? Because as yes. much as we've been through as a people, there are a lot of us that haven't made it out of situations um, when we've been at our lowest points, but you did. So speak to that point of what did you find in yourself that kept you, uh, basically kept you alive at that point?
2: Yes. uh, Yeah, absolutely. um, Correct. A lot of it, you know, it was internal. It was internal work. You could go to therapy seven days a week, but if you don't do the internal work, um, you know, you won't change. Um, you know, I had to, you know, I relied on, you know, my children, um, thinking about them. Um, they motivated me and, you know, also like my father who, you know, like a lot of you know black men, you know, went through a lot. But you know, you rarely heard him complain. You you know, you rarely heard him uh, you know put blame on others. And and I you know, I would think about you know his life, uh, my children, um, and so that that's basically what kept me going. That that's what um, you know kept me kept me through. Um, just thinking about you know w- what would happen to them without me.
1: Hmm. That's so important.
2: But, you know, I know that I couldn't go on in in the way that I was, though. I knew I, you know, I knew I had to change.
1: (laughs) Mm. So there's a Tiffany out there now that. Was your younger self, was 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 you at that moment. And obviously you now knowing uh, you made it through. What would you say to that person now? that's just stepping into basically the storm?
2: <sighs> so young Tiffany, um, The I mean, the main thing is, you know, Tiffany, you're not alone. You're not alone in this. And I think that is um, the biggest thing for people like me, women like me. Um, you know, we think that we're supposed to have all the answers. And and, and that's why we feel so uh, so much pressure. And that's why, you know, everything feels so overwhelming because we think we're in this journey alone and, and we're not. So uh, the message I would say is, you know, you are not alone. Um, reach out for help. Uh, you know, we're not we're not meant to travel this road alone. Mm.
1: That's crazy. So you drop the bounce back mindset. And then you become a bestseller. Yes. Not once. <laughs> Not twice. <laughs> three times. That's like, you know what I mean? Cause some people we strive just for that one. You know what I mean? That one would she make my career. So three times. <laughs> what was the was there a science behind it? Or <laughs> like break break it down to us. <laughs>
2: Um, well, you know I I am definitely I' I'm, I'm not um, you know a marketing guru I'm nothing like some of these people that you know <laughs> like they're on Instagram and like have 10 million followers uh, but what I tell <laughs> <laughs> what I tell people is um I made sure that every book I have has a universal message um mm. that, uh, could apply to the person living in the city over here on the East coast, somebody over, you know, in London, somebody over in California, like no matter where they are, um, they can relate uh, to your message. And um, it's it, that's not easy. Uh, I, th- I think back to my, um, when I was writing my TEDx talk and my, the original topic of my TEDx talk was the bounce back mindset. I mean, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was super snazzy and um, universal and the producers were like, um, it's cute. <laughs> um, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's catchy, but um, you know, we need something that can reach worldwide that someone in any part of this globe can um, relate to your message. And so that's what I applied to my books. Um, something that could relate to everyone. So the bounce back, uh, I don't care who you are. Uh, I don't care where you are in life. There, you've had to overcome some kind of obstacle, hurdle, um, and come back from it. Come back from it even stronger. And so I, that, that was the science behind, um, you know, my, my book titles. And so between, you know, my marketing, uh, I, I, use a lot of social media, a lot of word of mouth and between having a message, uh, that's how I was able to successfully, uh, sell my books.
1: Hmm. So, um, along, along with along the lines of being a bestseller, um, the feedback, uh, specifically for, uh, well, I'm not even gonna say just to bounce back because uh, mommy works too much too. I'm sure you got because I saw that out there. And, um, when we talk about books that had an impact and and must reads and and I saw it last year, like I think it was last year. Really, um, <laughs> I saw it out there it Yeah. So, um, the feedback you've got, I know you mentioned that. Uh. You had a couple people say, "Well, why would you put your personal business out there?" But f- for, I'm sure there were for that one person who said that. Pretty sure it was ten people that you probably touched them in a way that no other book has, and and probably changed some lives. So, what type of feedback did you get specifically for like the bounce back and "Mommy Works Too Much" books?
2: Um. So I so with the "Mommy Works Too Much" um. It was just uh, it was amazing where I I would get messages and I and I remember one in particular. It was a woman. uh, She was in England and she's like and I, I had just been promoting the book. The book hadn't even been released yet. And she's like, I cannot wait for this book to come out so I can read it to my children so that, you know, they can understand mm. what I'm doing. And I, you know, I just message after message after message from mothers and women everywhere. Um, you know, mommy works too much. Oh, I have to buy this for my grandchildren, you know, so they can understand why their mom is always working. Um, like the the feedback for that book. I mean, it was Uh, It was overwhelming, but, you know, it was it was fantastic because, you know, so many people understood it could relate to mommy works too much.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: And then uh, the bounce back mindset. um, You know, I I would get, you know, some side eyes like bounce back mindset. (laughs) and you know a few years ago you know mm-hmm. mindset was like the buzzword um you know mm-hmm. growth mindset and fixed mindsets and um and so that was one reason why you know I used the particular word mindset and um how to bounce back when life has screwed you uh you know almost everyone that that hears the title they're like hmm that sounds interesting and oh i'm no oh, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, the, the feedback ha, you know, has been phenomenal and still I released these books, um, a couple of years ago and, you know, I'm still getting, uh, speaking engagements. I'm still, um, in fact, this past, uh, summer I was invited to, um, sell my books and do a speaking engagement at Barnes and Noble, um, and also um, a couple of libraries. So, you know, it's been great. So, you know, we're three years in counting and, you know, we're still pushing.
1: Now, speaking of speaking engagements real quick, um, how did you get into them, specifically the TED Talks? Because, uh, well, first of all, explain. I know a lot of people hear about TED Talks. Right. Um, explain it to the listeners what what those are and then explain how you got into it.
2: Okay. So, um, uh, up until probably a few years ago, I had never heard of Ted talks. Um, we had, um, when I was at work, um, for like a staff development, um, they made a sit down and I remember, um, it was, a. It was a black woman who's a you know a famous educator, and I remember the you know TED <laughs> behind her, um, <laughs> and I'm like you know what is this? And I remember a coworker saying, "Hey, I love TED Talks. Uh, you know, I listen to them driving into work every day." So I'm like, "Well, what, you know, what the heck is that?" Um, so TED is is an organization, and um, it, it's it's a, a conference where they invite um, famous people uh or um you know people that are leaders in their field like science or technology and they come in and they do these short talks um that they're they're designed to change the world um and so again you have to be invited to do a TED talk um like you can't just say hey I'd like to do one so um you know so that my first introduction to ted talks was you know again sitting at the staff development and so i never thought in the million years you know i would have the opportunity to do a tedx so uh, you know again i'm trying to think of some famous people um uh shonda rhymes um Mm -hmm. um kind of the girl from girlfriends (laughs) um
1: Oh, Tracy Ellis Ross. Tracy
2: Ellis Ross. Like I'm thinking of the ones I did um, that I've, you know, I've watched. And so, so that's what they are. So they're these huge uh, tickets are like several thousand dollars. So again, you're not going to just walk in and say, hey, I'd like to listen, you know, come in and, but they broadcast them for free on, on the TED website. So TEDx um, are TED style forums that different producers um, all over the world, uh, they produce these events. Um, You have to, so there's an application and um, submission process, and there are thousands of speakers because, you know, if you're trying to be on the speaking circuit to say, hey, I've done a TEDx talk or a TED talk, you know, that's huge on your speaking resume. Um, So how I got into it, a friend of mine, his brother actually did one. Did a TEDx. And so I said, hey, you know, I remember commenting. I'm like, hey, that's pretty cool. And so he said, Oh, you should do one. And I remember laughing, like, ha ha, ha like, how how I'ma do a TED talk. Like, that's insane.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then he was like, You have a great voice. Like, you, you know, you should try. And I'm again, I didn't even know where to begin, but you know, you start with Google, like with everything else. So how to apply, you know, to a TED talk or a TEDx talk. Um, so I f- actually found an event, and it was based on education. And so I said, "Oh, that's perfect. That's right for me." And I applied, and I didn't. Right. I didn't get in. <laughs> mm. I didn't. I like. I submitted my video. Um, and so I said, "Yeah, well, you know, they probably have dozens of applications." So I thought nothing of it. I was driving home. One day my phone buzzed after I got that a couple of weeks after I got that rejection. And the header said, would you like to do a TEDx talk? And I was like, mm. huh? <laughs> like, what?
1: <laughs>
2: uh, I had to literally pull over and it was an invitation. Like, you know, we liked your video. Um, You know, we'd like to, you know, we liked your message. And I had submitted the bounce back mindset. You know, I'm just like, hey, we're taking this thing global. (laughs) Um,
1: Right, right. Absolutely.
2: (laughs) And so, um, (laughs) but I have to say, you know, I've, I've gone to undergrad. I've gone to graduate school. I've done this and that. Writing a TEDx talk was probably one of the most tedious and challenging things I have done in my entire life. And I have three children.
0: Really?
1: (laughs)
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) Forget about the labor you (laughs) were in. (laughs) It
2: it was not easy. Um, You know, uh, uh, so, you know, you get the invitation. um, You, you know, you send in your bio. uh, And so they say, well, send us a video of the talk you'd like to present. And, you know, so came home. You know, did my video "bounce back" mindset? How to bounce back? And they ripped it to shreds.
1: <laughs> oh wow!
2: Like oh, uh, so their main thing is going. Someone overcoming adversity is not new. That's not a new concept. So I'm like, mm. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> And and so but that was my whole thing. Like that was the premise of my whole application. Like that, that's what I wanted to talk about.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, and so they were like, you know, no, try again. And so so the way it works is you submit a video of your speech, which you have to submit, memorize. Um, and so I would be I would come home from work and, wow. and I would sit up to three, four in the morning trying to memorize and then record myself. Uh, so there's a panel of Ted producers and former speakers that sit and watch your video and give you feedback and say, so for about five weeks. I submitted. Uh, I think so I, I lost far. track, maybe four or five you versions, never miss an and it was no, fiction, no, wow. no, 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 no. Try again. This is, uh, you know, this, this is not it. And I want to say by, by the fifth like week, you. I told Thank everyone you I'm support. not doing this. I <laughs> <to the> <laughs> like I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> like I have a full time job. Like I'm I'm tired. <laughs> and yeah, right. um, I wrote one more draft um it was unleashed the mom guilt um mm. and i i talked about um you know my journey i t- i did you know i told my story but um under the premise of you know being a mother and i submitted it and i said if this is not it you know i'm good <laughs> You know, you got You're right. I
1: ain't got nothing else for y'all.
2: <laughs> and and they and, and I got the response back. We love it.
1: <laughs> mm.
2: And um, so I remember. So there's a conference, uh, like a dinner, a speakers' dinner, uh, the day before the actual event. And I don't think I ever felt so intimidated in my life because there was like a NASA astronaut, there was a Hollywood actor.
0: Oh, my uh, God. there
2: was an author who had written 40 books, um, a Ph.D. professor. I mean, there were so many people and like that. I felt like were super successful. Like I couldn't figure out why 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 I was there. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I mean, you know, for the first time in like my professional life, I just was like, I, I don't feel good enough to be here. Um, so everyone had to go around the room and, you know, sort of explain who they were. And like, I wanted to run when it was my turn.
1: Oh, I can. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but let me go first.
2: <laughs> right. All right. Um, but you know, I remember just the, the next, you know, the next day the, we had the actual event and everyone came with an entire team. Like people brought in families and spouses and, you know, I it was just me, <laughs> Like I, mm. I came by myself and um, you know, again remember feeling just inadequate. Um, but I I did I did my speech and I received a standing ovation. Um mm. an entire room, like the other speakers, um, you know, they were just like, you were brilliant. And you know, it was, uh, it was a phenomenal experience. Um, you know, I recommend anyone that, you know, has any aspirations to, you know, definitely do it. I mean, it was, it was definitely, it was life altering. Um, it was, you know, it was such a great, wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, but the challenge is, you know, trying to take your life story and condense it into exactly 10 minutes.
1: (laughs) So, yeah crazy
2: (laughs) (laughs) so that was that experience
1: but you 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 talk about the experience and how much it meant to you but when you watch it you own that stage you owned your truth um i see why you got a standing ovation thank you so like what, what, what was that? What, and what point in motivational speaking were you at? Cause that was like phenomenal. Like you were, Thank you. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you so, uh, were you doing mo- like motivational speaking before that? Be- when, like, uh, I know you spoke to the preparation, I obviously you had to send the videos over and over. Yeah. So that that's preparation in itself. Yes. But how much motivational speaking did you do before that moment?
2: Um, so actually, when when I was an entrepreneur uh, full time, I actually did a lot of speaking um, because I would get invited to speak because um, you know people would invite me to come out because you know I was teacher turned entrepreneur. Um, you know I was able to you know turn my side hustle into a full time um, job. You know a business whatever. So I was I was asked to speak uh, quite frequently. Um, and then, you know, when that died down, I mainly, um, I did speaking, um, like I did a couple of keynotes, uh, like for graduations. Um, but that was primarily it. I mean, nothing, the TEDx was like the largest, um, thing that I had ever done. And so last, I want to say, yeah, over, over the summer, uh, you know how your TEDx gets views. So, you know, you, like, I probably had a few hundred And then overnight, like it jumped up to like several thousand. And so I was just trying to figure Mm. figure out, I'm like, well, what's happening here? Uh, A a writer had actually found my TEDx talk um, and she actually wrote an article and the title was 10 Most Powerful TED Talks for Mothers. And um, Shonda Rhimes was like number three and I was number four. And I mean, I nearly fainted. Mm. (laughs) Like I I mean it was Damn. Yeah, it was it was crazy. <laughs> it was really crazy. So, um, you know, you know, it's really it's been such a phenomenal thing because, you know, so women all over, I mean, I get messages again all the time. Um, you know, like you're so brave to share your story, you really encouraged me, you motivated me. Um, you know, I don't feel so guilty now. And, you know, I, I get a lot of just thank you so you know mm-hmm. no, oh, I-, I can imagine
1: now you also you also are an educator yes what do you think is the connection between um the educator authors because i see it i see it a lot and I, and I like it i think it's natural i guess it's natural for you the educators to obviously teach and write books and but it, it, it's, I'm seeing it pop up more often. So what do you think is the connection between both?
2: Um, well, I think, you know, educators, we're always trying to uh, teach. Um, you know, we always want to, you know, we want to share our message and share our knowledge and share what we know. So what better way to do that than through books? So, you know, there's definitely a connection between the two.
1: Uh, speaking back to the, um, the alternative high school, I know there's a um like in terms of curriculum I know there's a lot of material out there that you want that are age appropriate, grade specific that are uh books that you recommend to students. Is there a lot of material out there for the alternative high school students?
2: Um you know there there really isn't. Um because curriculum for the most part is geared towards You know the regular pre-k through 12 uh population so you know as Mm. writers are preparing curriculum you know they're not really thinking about the you know the 50 year old the 60 year old that's been out of school for 30 years so um i I have to say i have an excellent team of teachers um so they teach full-time during the day at their regular high schools and then they come at night and they teach at the the night school and uh, they're extremely adept at um, making uh, the curriculum come alive by um, you know coming up with lessons that are relevant. So for example, instead of just math, um, you know the teachers will go through you know doing a budget um, And like financial literacy, they talk about credit and home ownership and um, You know, real estate investing and, you know, social studies. They talk about, you know, how, uh, you know, crime of today is related to, uh, you know, events that happened, you know, 200 years ago. So, um, you know, the staff I work with, um, you know, they're extremely gifted and, um, you know, they develop their own curriculum uh, for the adult population.
1: Mm. Now, one of the things I noticed, your book, Mommy works too much has a classroom edition yes and i was like oh wow <laughs> so break that down what's 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 the difference between the regular book and the classroom edition
2: so uh yeah so there are two versions of mommy works too much uh the classroom edition comes with a language arts and literacy uh supplement and um that goes back to me being not only an educator but uh an entrepreneur and a salesperson and i knew that i wanted to promote this book uh you know to the schools uh to teachers and um what better way to do that than to do the lesson plan and have the supplement already in the book for them. (laughs) So, uh, that's why that version is there. So, um, it's not only just for teachers, you know, there's some parents, you know, you want to give the child, your child, uh, you know, some extra work at home after reading the story and, you know, it's for you too. So that's why that's there. And that's why I did two versions of the book.
1: So for, for obviously, um, I would recommend all children's book authors to develop some type of curriculum or lesson plan with their book. So let's, let's take it to the, the author who doesn't have the resources to link up with an educator and pay, like say, pay them for a lesson plan. What's the easiest way for them to develop a lesson plan and curriculum to go alongside their books. So when they speak to, um, The administrators of schools they are more prepared than if they didn't have that.
2: Um, So, if you have a book and you know you're looking to um, you know develop a a supplement, um, first of all, I would start with comprehensive questions. So, if you're reading your story to a child, at the end of the story, what would the child take away? What questions would you ask to make sure they understood the story? And then I would take it from there. So. You know, every story should have a message. And so um, if you wanted to include some reading comprehension, just, you know, what types of questions, uh, what is the theme of your story? And then, you know, I I would go from there. So you you don't have to necessarily, uh, you know, be an educator. uh, But, you know, if you're in the business of writing a children's book, you know, you definitely have a theme in mind. You have a main idea. You have a central idea you want the child to take away. And so um, I would go with that.
1: Now, also with this book, um, first thing you notice uh, <laughs> once you look at the cover <laughs> are the beautiful black characters. Yes. So why was that important to display? Oh,
2: that was oh, that book cover that <laughs> that was such uh, work. Um, it was definitely important um, to have, you know, Black characters, uh, brown skin characters, because you know I I want brown children to you know look at the book and see themselves. Um, and you know when I'm out promoting the book, you know I, I have so many moms come up and say you know I love this book. You know this reminds me of me. Um, and again, when I was going back and forth with the illustrator, um, you know the mom had straight hair, and I had to go back. No, make it kinky, make it curly. And, and, then back, and right. he went back and forth. No, kinkier, curlier. You know, make mom browner. Nope, browner. <laughs> so we kept we kept going back and forth until we got the cover that you see today.
1: And that's it's crazy you say that because a lot of people don't understand how much uh, writers go through that with illustrators. <laughs> You explain something very specific to them, and they come back with this modern Europeanized <laughs> version of what you explain. It's like, oh, like my, like you didn't read my description, or you didn't understand what I was trying to was trying to uh, explain to you in terms of my characters, right. but how did you how were you able to explain that um journey of finding the right illustrator for this story because obviously this was your story I mean you know what I mean this was a story motivated by you your daughter so explain um that journey finding the right illustrator for this project
2: um i I went go. I went through um a few um there was one um illustrator who had beautiful work beautiful portfolio but um You know, of course, she charged what she was worth, which was, you know, several thousand, which I definitely couldn't afford at the time. Um, So I actually found a freelance photographer. So there's uh, several freelance photographers um, that, um, you know, they do children's illustrations, but I definitely recommend looking at their other books, looking at their portfolio. And in fact, in my latest ebook, get published, I actually have a free guide with a list of children's illustrators for aspiring uh, authors uh, in the back of the book because it is a challenge mm-hmm. finding um, you know good illustrator.
1: Now speaking about get published, uh, break down that book. Okay. Because it is the says so how, how you became an Amazon bestseller.
2: uh yeah. So that book was the result of about three, four years of, hey, I've always wanted to write a book. Can you tell me how to get published? Um, <laughs> I got. <that>. <laughs> <laughs> All the, <laughs> uh, all the time. I mean, the minute you tell someone you've written a book, um, you know, everyone talks about their aspirations of being an author of, oh, I've had this book. I've been sitting on it for 20 years. And, you know, that's it's too much to have a two minute conversation about, um, you know, people will reach out on social media. and You know, I don't have time to sit and answer and explain the process over and over and over again. And I would do things like I would do like Facebook lives and Instagram lives and, um, you know, go through the process. But, um, so I said, instead of that, I'm going to just put everything all together, <laughs> explain my process and one ebook. And so that's where that book came about. So get published, how I became an Amazon bestselling author.
1: So what? What, what breakdown? What What are some of the things that um someone would take from this book? Um that are, that is that is different from because obviously you, you you tell people to to look it up in in Google and people always are quick to say search the internet you find anyone in that but there's a lot of misinformation out here in terms of self publishing a lot of there are a whole lot of scammers yes. out here and 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 it's very easy to get uh. To get scammed, it's very easy to get uh, the wrong information and and then waste a lot of steps. So, what what are some of the things that someone would benefit more from getting this book than trying to actually search through the internet for the right information? All
2: right. So, uh, my book, hopefully, I have everything uh, in one concise um, setting. I go step by step, um, starting from you know creating a title, outlining your book. Um, how to set up chapters for your book, um, how to find freelance um, editors and book cover designers. Um, so my hope is, you know, instead of going, having a wild goose chase on the internet, um, you just go to this book, go to my ebook, and, you know, everything step-by-step step is laid out for you right there. And then again, if you're specifically looking to do a children's book, um, there is a free guide at the end with a list of books uh, children's book illustrators that, um, you know, currently, uh, work with authors.
1: So what is next for the, um, obviously the mommy works too much, uh, book is book one in the adventures of Gigi and Mimi. Um, so what's next for that series?
2: So, um, I actually, uh, have the next book in the series, um and it's called we want to see the world and that book mm. it um again is loosely based on a true life and it's about how the girls uh travel for the first time to paris and um that is what happened to us about three years ago um a few months after my divorce um and it was my 40th birthday. Uh, me and my girls, uh, we traveled to Paris for the first time, and so that's what my next children's book will be about.
1: Hmm. So, is this series going to continue?
2: Yes, uh, I, I absolutely um, intend to continue the series.
1: And what, what, um, what other type of uh, books can we expect from you
2: um so i next i'm, I'm definitely going to focus on the uh the children series um on a variety of topics um my daughter my oldest daughter is actually a dancer so i want to um know there'll be a book about you know a brown ballerina um i definitely want to do an ebook on basically how how to land a tedx talk um, I want to outline that because I've I've been getting mm. a lot of questions about that process as well. So that that's what I have coming up.
1: And just let everyone know where they can reach out to you, where they can get in contact with you, and where they can find your books.
2: Okay, book so I am on Amazon um, under Tiffany Stallings. Uh, again, my books are "Mommy Works Too Much." The Bounce Back Mindset, How to Bounce Back When Life Has Screwed You. And my third book is Get Published, How I Became an Amazon Best-Selling Author. I'm also on social media uh, under Tiffany Stallings. Um, And, you know, I can be found on any of those avenues. And my books can be found there as well. So I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter.
1: All right. Tiffany Stallings, we appreciate you. We appreciate your story. Uh, very inspiring. And thank you for joining us on the Fiction Addiction oh, thank Podcast. Thank you so
2: much. Uh, it was a pleasure speaking with you today.
0: Thank you for joining us on the Fiction Addiction Podcast. Make sure you visit FictionAddictionPodcast.com for links on everything we talked about today, as well as awesome resources, additional tips, and Fiction Addiction merchandise.